On Monday, the White Sox had the day off in Arizona, and here in the Chicagoland area, it snowed just about all day long, but believe it or not, regular season baseball is just around the corner. In a few moments, an original Lockdown White Sox host, Herb Lawrence from CHGO, will be joining me to chop up all things Chicago White Sox. You are Locked On White Sox. Your daily Chicago White Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms, follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Socks. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Socks. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your baseball franchise? Uh, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com. Or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost uh, to their franchise when using the promo LOCKED ON in all caps uh, in the game. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore. Uh, GGTV Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, this is an absolute joy to be joined by an original host of Lockdown White Sox and my first round opponent in the 108 tournament uh, from the CHGO White Sox podcast, uh, Herb Lawrence, uh, welcome back, Herb. Thank you very much, Nick. It's such an honor to be back on Locked On White Sox. I mean, you said it in the opening. It's like uh, Tanny and I doing this show it was just so awesome. And uh, what you uh, and our predecessor, Sean Anderson, who's now with me at CHGO, and what you have done with the Locked On White Sox uh, brand and channel, it's been past our expectations. You've been doing an excellent job. Thank you, sir. Uh, Herb, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something I've been I've been hoping to do. I had uh, I talked to Sean last summer, and I was just waiting for the right moment uh, to bring you on. And and here we had an off day by the White Sox, and uh, you know the good folks uh, from the 108 decided to put us uh, in the first round. So why not? Uh, why not talk some White Sox baseball here? Um, You've been following this team extremely close, obviously doing a daily uh, podcast, just like, you know, lockdown over at CHGO. It's been a long off season, but there's been, I think, uh, a lot of positives from spring training. I, I want to go and I want to start with Pedro Grifol, though. Uh, Grifol is conducting, obviously, his first spring training as a big league manager. Uh, he won me over uh, but by what he said this past off season, what he did want to focus on. Uh, now he's really winning me over by what he's implementing uh, in Arizona. What have your impressions been of Pedro Grifol and the coaching staff? Just from the outset, the guy had a plan. He seems like he's been wanting this job and preparing to have, I mean, not the White Sox job, but major league manager job. And this is what I'll do. A, B, C, D, 
and a whole step down the way. His introductory press conference just won me over, just talking about, I see the White Sox. I see them from my Royals vantage point for years. When they want to play, tough to beat. But there's days where they're not all out there. There's days where they're lackadaisical and you can beat them. You could take advantage of them. And we've seen that throughout the records with the Kansas City Royals, which we all know are not near the team of talent that the White Sox are. And for the Kansas City Royals to win the series season series multiple times, so I think the last two times uh, they've played in the season, that is a shame. But Pedro having that, out, uh, that, that insight to knowing the White Sox have uber talent, they're big on talent, but they don't bring it all the time. And that was kind of one of my uh, beefs last year where a mandate was sent down. It's like, hey, 75% on running, you know, don't push it all the way. And I think, and I've been told when I was a kid, you know, this is anecdotally, hey, you know, you know, when you get injured the most is when you're not going all out. And so this is why I'm always like, why did the White Sox last year do what they did? Like, why did they get so many injuries? Because I believe they were told wrong things and the staff wasn't uh, totally um, in tune with the team. I mean, it might be the manager last year too. So having Pedro Grafal, understanding all the things that come with the White Sox, understanding the talent and implementing a plan of, we're going to take this five days at a time. That's our goal. Not the World Series, not our first series with Houston, not the homestand versus the Giants. Five days at a time and see if we can hit our goal at the fifth day type of thing. And then if we can don't, we'll see what we can reevaluate and go to the next five days. So the guy just brings a philosophy, and he looks like he treats each player um, like a man and treats mm-hmm. each player you know, individually, not just as the group. So I've loved the hire so far. Rick Hahn, you saw in the pre- pre- uh, press conference, he was smiling from ear to ear. So, <laughs> yeah. It, it's a, a slam dunk hire so far for a guy that hasn't managed one major league baseball game. Yeah. He, um, I, I love his, his attitude and approach in the off season of, of, of talking to players and just, Hey, what did you, what did you not like about last season or last spring training? What should we be doing different here? Uh, it seems very, you know, player directed manager and coaching staff facilitated and, uh, obviously, Pedro Grafol has surrounded himself with some great people that he has a relationship with and has been given that opportunity for the most part. Uh, is there too much being made in your mind uh, of team chemistry, culture, togetherness, or do you believe those are valuable team characteristics that that need to be focused on because they weren't present last season? It's kind of the chicken and the egg kind of thing. Like if the team wins, we're going to automatically say, man, that culture is good up there. It's awesome, man. Look at those guys. They're playing for each other. They're winning because they're, you know, that culture will be a good one. Last year, culture was bad because they're losing. So I think um, you could fake it till you make it, though. Like, I often quote the, remember the Titans quote, where it's like, attitude reflects leadership. Mm. And I'm also a guy that thinks, you know, you can manifest things. You can uh, insert positivity in your life and positive things will happen, you know, type of thing. You confess with your mouth out loud what you want, your desires, and you work for that. You know, you hear it and then your brain says, okay, let's work for that uh, desire type of thing. And maybe the change of culture with Pedro Gafol and his short-term, you know, goal setting with five days at a time 
changes the culture of, hey, we don't have to be the people that Rick Hahn promised the fans to be. We don't have to be the World Series contending White Sox team. Let's just take it these five games at a time. And if we do what we need to do in these five games, we'll be fine. And we stack a couple of those five games together, then we'll be even better type of thing. And the philosophy will, will change the minds of the fans or the players because I'm sure the pressure of not winning a championship, not even winning a playoff series mm. yet, is not only for Rick Hahn or the front office, it's for the people who are playing. They feel that. Tim's been here since 2016. He knows what the fans feel and how they get down and how they reacted last year. And he kind of uh, spoke to that when he talked to Chuck, you know, kind of like, hey, fans, you got to be with us. Chuck, you got to be with us. I disagreed with both things, but that's his desire. He mm. wants the fans to be more of a positive influence, uh, more of a cheering base. But also fans had a really, really, really good reason to cheer against the whites, not cheer against them, but to be mad with the performance that was out there and the effort sometimes that was out there. So I don't blame the fans for how they reacted. I, you know, you and I, you, we cover this team yep. five days a week. So, you know, we know this team deserved all the jeers that mm -hmm. they got last year. So um, I think maybe culture is a big thing and we can get back to the culture that we were building when they fired Ricky Renteria. They were trying to continue it with AJ Hinch, but a monkey was thrown in that monkey wrench was thrown in there by Jerry yeah. Reinsdorf. So yeah. I think culture is a big thing. And as we're blaming Tony LaRusa, I am at least for some of that 2022, I think changing that will just at least be like addition by subtraction. Yeah. Even if Pedro Gafral is just a net net um, zero just yeah. a, or a net zero negative one, it'll still be better than what. Tony uh, LaRusso was last year. So maybe the culture thing will insert itself this year. I guarantee that it will be the story if the White Sox get out to like a 20 and 10 start. Absolutely. Um, and, and I, and, you know, I agree with you, everything that you said, uh, especially with the Tim Anderson and Chuck stuff. Um, and a lot of people have asked me just simply, you know, what do you expect from the Sox uh, this season? And all I could say is they're going to be better. They're going to be more prepared. You're going to team that's going to, they're going to play better fundamentals. I think they're going to have a plan in place against their opposition. Uh, they're going to try to exploit uh, their opposition's weaknesses. I just feel like uh, look for that, you know. Um, so, you know, lots of players, uh, lots of Sox players looking for a bounce back year uh, and even some looking to finally reach their, their potential. Uh, so, um, you know, what are some likely scenarios in 2023? We're going to get to that with Herb. Uh, in just a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate GM. Hey, I'm really excited about our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile app Ultimate Baseball uh, GM. Ever dream of becoming an MLB GM and managing your professional baseball franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team play through the season and lead your team to glory you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff manage team finances scouting and drafting players manage difficult personalities navigating your franchise through free agency and all the ups and downs of a season 
All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Now is your chance to prove that you can be more confident than Rick Hahn. Uh, No guarantee that you'll have as much job security as him, but it'll be fun to have a seat at the table over and over again. Uh, Hopefully you can set the market and be proactive instead of reactive. Hey, Locked On White Sox listeners get 100% free boost uh, to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. Uh, So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseball.com. Uh, probaseballgm.com scan the code or look it up on the app store uh, that's probaseballgm.com ultimate baseball gm start your dynasty uh, today all right herb um you got to stay healthy uh return to accustomed levels uh, players are going to get back to what they were doing on the back of their baseball card you know, some guys that have been around for a while that we still don't know what we have, position players uh, and pitchers, uh, all that was kind of what our offseason was like. Uh, you know, there was a couple moves here and there sprinkled, but it was, no, 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 what happened last year to this team? We're going to hope that it just didn't happen and then things are going to unlock. All that being said, what's the most likely scenario? You know, what, what, what players could live up to the hype or the expectations this season in your mind? I'll take it from the most likely. I believe Yohan Mankata can return to levels of 2019-2021, where I think some people didn't respect the 2021 season until they saw how bad the 2022 season was. <laughs> um, he was hurt all last year for the most part. Remember, he went out yep. with a oblique strain early in the season and missed a couple um weeks there and so really he spoke about it that he rushed himself back from that injury and then the whole season was kind of put in the crapper because he never really recovered he had individual games where five for five i think in detroit um where he showed out and i think versus oakland he also had a great game and then immediately he would like go on the IL for some other reason, like a hamstring pull or something like that. But being hurt the whole year is an excuse, but it's not a good excuse because White Sox fans have pretty much had it with Yohan Mankata, especially with the emerging bat of Jake Berger. You know, if Jake Berger could field the ball adequately at a normal pace, the fervor would be louder. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Jake Berger kind of butchers himself butchers the ball at third base is the only reason why we haven't been hearing louder roars for the trade or the release of Yohan Mancada because that year was so bad if he wasn't signed to the long-term deal that he was I don't know if the White Sox would have kept a person like that without you know because he's getting paid more this year I think uh Mm -hmm. up to upwards of 25 million dollars so this is where his extension comes to pass and where he's supposed to be an actual superstar like he was ascending to. But it could get there because odd year, Yoan, and also healthy Yoan. I don't know if you've been watching a little bit of the World Baseball Classic, yeah. but say what you've won about the quality of the pitchers. Yoan kind of started off like over 11. And then the last two days when Cuba needed it, as he's shown with his runners in scoring position average last year, even though we struggled, he got the job done. He went, I think, three for four in one game. Another game, he went, got four hits, hit a home run. 
Like the guy is centering up the ball, he's hitting it hard, and he's doing the Yoan Mankata things from both sides of the plate. And the glove is always going to be there. So I don't necessarily worry that Yoan's not going to be some type of um, advantage for the White Sox because the defense, for the most part, he has some lackadaisical plays and plays that I wish he can clean up, but he's going to be a valuable player no matter what, even if his offense struggles. But I don't think last year is anywhere near what Yohan is. We saw what he did in 2021 where his on-base percentage was upwards of 370. Um, So he, I think, is the easiest bounce-back candidate because his things are not necessarily a chronic thing. He does get injured, but he does play the – he plays a lot of games too. Like he I does, think he, yeah. like it was uh, Jose played the most, and then it was like Yoan, then yeah. Tim. So yeah. like he plays. So I don't think his problems are gonna be the injuries. Other yeah. players, I would say Aloy has the highest ceiling mm. out of everybody, but Yoan I think is the easiest road and the most realistic thing that I believe for the White Sox. If I'm just picking one thing, yeah, uh, I I thought that uh, even with all the injuries and everything, I thought the World Baseball Classic was going to be help for for Mancada and Robert to play some very important, meaningful baseball to them uh, during the spring where it mattered. And to your point, you know, when it push came to shove and, and Cuba needed to win some of these games, Mancada stepped up. Uh, and I thought that that is going to help uh, help him hit the ground running uh, when it comes to March 30th against Houston. Th- that's just my hope. Um, wh- where does your confidence lie with the starting rotation? Pedro Grafold seems to be very, uh, very impressed so far with, with the starting five. Uh, is it more likely that Giolito bounces all the way back? Uh, or that Dylan Cease maybe takes a few steps back. Ooh, I think it is more likely that Giolito actually takes steps towards his old self. Um, last year was a disaster from multiple standpoints. The lockout uh, had the ability and made Giolito, who usually in any pitcher, usually you would get a chance to speak to the pitching coach and or the strength and conditioning people to work out on a plan. Like, hey, rest the whole month of November, your throwing program starts in December, do this, that, and the other weights, even going to visit these said people. Um, and you can do that every offseason. But in 2021 to 2022, we had the lockout. And that made it impossible for Lucas Giolito to speak to uh, Ethan Katz or any of the new training staff that they, the White Sox just hired that year. And so he came in 25 pounds high, heavier with – real bulky and some say you know that he couldn't recapture his mechanics too much weight on his body you know that frame is big enough to carry it but you know not when you're doing a violent thing like throwing a baseball so he had early injuries remember he was dealing in detroit on opening day i think he left with the oblique strain Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. another oblique strain and then he had COVID. then you know just had bad pitching performances, but you saw the Lucas Giolito in there a couple times where he would give up an early home run and then bear down and give up nothing else after that. Like the first inning was really a bugaboo for Lucas Giolito because I think he was still searching for that top end fastball still and he wasn't getting in and it was getting crushed. But I think too much weight last year, not having the throwing program, not having the consistent conversations with Ethan Katz cost him dearly but this is a walk year yep he got back to his weight 
and it looks like he's throwing the ball well. So I have all the confidence in the world that he can get back to near levels of where he was at the top of the rotation. It's going to be very hard to say that, uh, sorry about that. No, uh, go ahead. Dylan go Cease ahead. is going to be continuing to be mm-hmm. great. Like, he was awesome. Like, the thing he could cut out is the walk, so I guess so. He could be better than he was yeah. last year, and he can increase the strikeouts. So I think both are very um, doable, but I think Lucas is more likely for me because that's how great the 2022 season that Dylan Cease had. Yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating to watch. I mean, you've got the pitch clock that is going to be kind of the uh, the variable, and both have spoken about it. And Giolito seems to uh, be a fan of it. Like, look, this gets me out of my head. You know, it helps me speed up and get into a rhythm. And uh, to your point about Giolito's body language, it, there was a recent uh, athletic article by James Fegan and uh, centering around Giolito and. Uh, and Pedro Grafol said to Giolito, like, we saw you from the Royals dugout, like the shoulders would slump. You'd give up that first inning home run. Like you, your body language tells a lot because then the other team blood in the water, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to jump all over this guy. So uh, I, I like, I like that aspect too, from Grafol that he can bring in uh, that insight to pitchers and, and Giolito is, I think one of those that sometimes wears all of his emotions you know, uh, out there on the mound. So I, I like what I've seen so far and what I've heard from Giolito. Uh, I do believe he's going to have a much better year. I uh, want to talk uh, in just a moment here, the battle for the bench. One of the few positional storylines that uh, has produced a lot of uncertainty, really, this spring. Who's in, uh, who's out? Uh, more on that in a moment uh, with Herb. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the midway point of the NBA season. Uh, has come and gone, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Uh, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Uh, plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Uh, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, I want to talk uh, I want to talk a little bench utility. Uh, I think, Herb, that that's something that... I thought maybe it was going to be an easier decision right now. You know, we still have got 15 or so games left, but decisions I think are going to start getting made. Lurie Garcia hasn't really impressed, especially defensively. We talked a little bit about Berger. I don't know where his path is, you know, necessarily. You got the Billy Hamilton, Gavin Sheets. I, I was really high on Hanser Alberto, as I know a lot of people were. Been quiet as of late. I mean, I guess a couple part question here. I mean, does Lurie Garcia just automatically make this club because of financial constraints? And what do you see right now as maybe the three or four guys that they use uh, as utility uh, to break uh, out of camp? Yes, Lurie Garcia is going to be on this team. That is as as positive. Like I'm probably 95 percent positive on that because he's making 11 million dollars in the next two years. We, every single White Sox fan knew no one's signing Lurie Garcia for a multi-year contract. 
if they wanted to sign Leary to a one-year contract, we would have been like, fine, who cares? But, you know, he hit that three-run home run in game three, and the White Sox lost their goddamn mind. No one was coming for Lurie. <laughs> they were like, if they were, who cares? Yeah. You got people like Henzer or Alberto mm-hmm. that could mm-hmm. be just as good or better than him. They yeah. rave about Romy Gonzalez, and they've been playing yeah. him in left field and right field at yeah. second base and shortstop. So, what do you what do you yeah. do here, Lurie? But it's eleven million dollars. They mm-hmm. made a mistake, but si- signing him that long ass deal, I'm sure Jerry Reinsdorf is not going to allow. Rick Hahn to release him too after he let him release Dallas Keuchel last year and it was like 18 million dollars. Do you think the man's loves to lose 29 million dollars to people who don't play baseball for him anymore? No. So yeah. you're going to wear that and I guarantee he's going to make the team. I don't know if he's going to last throughout the year because then they can like rationalize, oh well like do mm-hmm. we want 7.5 million or whatever. They can see what their number is, but 11 million for him not to play on the White Sox. He'll be picked up somewhere else, and you'll be sad that you'll see Lurie Garcia. No, he's playing yeah. for the White Sox. That's 100%. And for the reserves other than him, I would go with – I love Billy Hamilton. Yeah. And I think that he has an actual role, like a 100% role on this team. So I think out of the other people, like Marizdic is kind of fast, but he's not really a great base dealer. Um I think Reyes is decently speed. Like they have other tools. They could actually put bats a ball a little bit better than Billy, but I just like his versatility with a glove and putting him in a pinch running uh, situation, especially with these new rules. Yes. I think the guy can steal at least 20 bags if he's using the right uh, position for the White Sox late in games, kind of like uh, Terrence Gore uh, did with the Royals back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I think Gavin Sheets, you know, obviously they love the the power lefty bat. Um, you know, he's going to see some time, hopefully more at first base than out in right field. But uh, you know, to the to the point with Lurie Garcia, it's just I wish I wish there was somebody like a Romy Gonzalez who's hitting like under a hundred in spring training. I know that doesn't mean much, but we were we saw all of his hype videos, right? That the Sox oh were pushing out over the off season. Like this guy's going to win the second base. He's been having a great off season. I wish somebody kind of took it from Lurie. So there could be a, you know, you could have an argument there, but nobody has really taken it. You know, it's been kind of a, just a muddy situation with bench and utility and, you know, with these new rules. And, and I think Billy brings so much to the culture and chemistry. I, I think he was huge in 2021 with Goodwin. And so something to really watch these last few weeks. Um, aside from health, uh, what are some worries you have with this White Sox team right now? Like, I think the White Sox from top to bottom are the most talented team in the AL Central. I mean, I think they're better than the Cleveland Guardians on paper. But I don't know what's in their heads. Mm. Like last year was tough for a lot of people, and I'm sure it's tougher for them and for the Cleveland Guardians to pretty much like punk them, like winning all the games that they did last year versus head to head to White Sox. When they won the division, they celebrated by pretty much chiding the White Sox and like sending out things on their official Instagram and official Twitter in the clubhouse after the game celebrating saying fire Tony Mm -hmm. and other things that are white Sox uh, related. They were clowning on the white Sox, and like 
I wonder where their mental uh, um, state is right now. Like, are you going to get some get back? Like, mm. does that does that bother you? Does that bother you that a team that you know you're better than use motivation, obviously, to get to the top of the AL Central? I want them to to punish the AL Central like they should. They're the best team in the AL Central. That's what I want. I want to know: Do they have that hunger to be the best of the AL Central? I, you know, I have bigger, huger aspirations for them to win a World Series, but I also want them to take that slight as personal as I do, as White Sox fans do. When they heard that, like we we felt that they deserved to hear that, but I wonder if it you know felt a little you know a little chill back in their spine, like oh no. You ain't going to do that to us. Nope. Sorry. Sorry, Cleveland. And this year, you got to punish them. Beat them badly. Like, show them that you had your year. Enjoy it. Save the flavor. Now it's White Sox time. But talent-wise, like you said, if I can't say health, it's over. Mm -hmm. It's over. They're not. They're better than those teams. They 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 only have to worry about other teams like the Astros, who are much better than the White Sox, and the Yankees, and everybody in the AL East better than the White Sox type of team. There's no one in the AL Central that can hold the candle to the White Sox if they have health. Yeah, I I think the Sox pitching, uh, you know, starting pitching when healthy is definitely uh, at the top of the AL Central. And then just the the talent, just the absolute talent. If, again, uh, we have a healthy club breaking out of Arizona, uh, and I would even say the first couple months, because I think that's where they were spinning their tires last year. They did not play with urgency. They just kind of sat back, thought this division was going to be pretty much handed to them. And, you know, as a lot of people will say, namely uh, Pedro Grafol, you're not going to win it in April and May, but you could lose it in April and May. And I think that's what happened last year. They were trying to play catch up and it just they couldn't. They, 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 they caught some fire under Miguel Cairo for a little bit, but it was just too little. Uh, too late. But yeah, I, I'm with you, Herb. I'm excited about this team. There is a lot to be excited about, and, and I think they can definitely win the AL Central. They should win the AL Central. Um, we could do this for hours, Herb Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> it is always a pleasure when our paths cross and we get to talk White Sox. Thank you for uh, your time, for coming on and, and rejoining Locked On White Sox. So uh, where can we find all of your good stuff? Please uh, promote CHGO and everything you guys are doing. Yeah, we uh, do live show four o'clock each day, Monday through Friday, or no, Monday through Thursday, um, at CHGO Sports on YouTube, and uh, I'm at Ecknerwall Wall twenty three. It's just my last name Lawrence spelled backwards two three for Rob Ventura. You guys, yes, I like the player. The manager wasn't that great, but whatever. Um, but yeah, that's how you find me, and uh, all my socials are pretty much Ecknerwall Wall twenty three. Yeah. Uh, thank you again, Herb. Uh, I, I think this is going to be an exciting season and I hope we can uh, talk again. And again, big 108 tournament. I'll probably be voting for Herb. So uh, I would encourage you uh, to get those votes and just vote and have fun with this tournament. Oh, yes. That's the big thing. Yeah, that's 100 percent. That's uh, just have a good time. Don't vote for me, guys. Vote for Nick. <laughs> Well, uh, good on the 108 people. It's just it brings people together. We have some fun with it. So I think it starts Tuesday morning. So go out and vote. But Herb, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Nick. You got it, buddy. Go Sox. Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. 
Uh, you can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere. Uh, you find your podcast. We're on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Hey, and don't forget, uh, after after you make this uh, episode your first episode, uh, check out the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball podcast. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the very best uh, fantasy draft strategies. Find the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball uh, podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, uh, your team every day. Hey, on the next episode, I'll continue to bring you the latest happenings from Glendale, Arizona. Dylan Cease on the mound against the Oakland Athletics on Tuesday as our White Sox inch closer to opening day. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Morowski. Until next time, go Sox.